Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. It's Diane Thomas, your host. And again, let's just take a quick moment and put aside anything else that's going on. Just let your 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 soul your mind, your will, and emotions, rest. Just relax. Anything else that's going on, you're just going to put it to the side. And you don't have to do that with effort. Just let it fall by the wayside. And then remind yourself, in whatever way works for you, to bring your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, back into alignment with the truth of who God is, of what he does, of our relationship with him, that he loves you unconditionally. Now that is really significant. And for, for Christians, we struggle with that concept a lot. The whole idea of unconditional love, that means that he's not keeping score. He loves you. He loves me. He loves, he loves, because that's his nature. His love for us is not dependent on us. Now, a lot of times we think, oh, well, God isn't pleased with this. He isn't pleased with that, or he's, and he's more pleased with this other thing. Well, that's not the way his love functions. His ways are not our ways. That's the way we function. We measure everything. We keep score. God doesn't. He's not keeping track of, of how many times you've made a mistake, how many times you've failed, you've come short, You've tried harder and it didn't work. He is in control of every circumstance in your life. So he can hardly blame us for the situations we find ourselves in. In a sense, this comes back to the whole concept of free will, our having a free will, a free mind, and free emotions. We don't. We will some point in time because as our mind will and emotions as our soul is rejoined to our spirit we become free from the lies the wounds the rejection the incorrect beliefs our past our expectations our control we become free from all that to become one with our spirit. That's when we become free. But you don't have freedom now. You only know what you've been taught, what God has revealed, and he has not revealed everything to you. I mean, if, if God had revealed everything to you, you don't need to learn anything. You don't need to be waiting on him. You don't 
you'd have all your wounds healed. You'd have all your beliefs correct. You'd be ready to transcend and be one with him in wherever he is. You're, you would not be earthbound. You would have power over and authority over every aspect, spirit, soul, spirit, spiritual realm, the supernatural realm, and the physical realm. You'd be able to exercise your power and authority over all three. So I suspect that that's not the case, that you've not experienced your soul becoming one with your spirit. So God is arranging for each one of us the exact circumstances that are necessary for our soul to fail. He doesn't want your soul to get stronger. He doesn't want it to get weaker either. He wants your soul to be reunited, to be restored. He likes your soul. He gave you your soul as a gift. But it's not who you are. It's a gift he gave you. You are spirit. And you have a soul. And that soul has gotten used to doing things its own way. Now we all have in our soul, we could use temperament or characteristics. We all have strengths and weaknesses. And we have a tendency to build and be grateful for our strengths and hide or avoid or try to strengthen our weaknesses. God doesn't see our soul that way. He doesn't see your your mind in terms of strengths and weaknesses or your emotions in terms of strengths and weaknesses, or you will, your, how, how you choose, the mistakes you make. He doesn't see things in terms of strengths and weaknesses. We do. This is part of our process. This is part of our mind being renewed. Renewal of the mind starts with the concept that the way we think is not the way God thinks. The renewal of our will starts with the whole idea of our emphasis on making mistakes, doing the right thing, being perfect, being in the center of his will. It's not the way God thinks of our will. Likewise, our emotions. You know, we think that, okay, if, if we're in the center of God's will, we'll always be happy. That following Christ, being, being a Christian, things will always be good. And then when they're not, we need to fix that. When we're depressed, we need to fix that. There's something wrong. And we start being restored in our emotions when we accept that our interpretation, our understanding of our emotions is not the same as God's. Now, God's going to take his time in revealing the truth about your mind, will, and emotions, about your soul, how your soul works. Because he wants you to know it's a gift he gave you. He wants you to 
be able to embrace this gift and use it and value it. Right now, your soul is in bondage and separate from your spirit. Now, God started the process, and some of us may be farther along than others of healing, of having beliefs changed, of truth, being able to even just recognize truth. And this is, you know, we we spent so much time talking about waiting on God. And one of the reasons, one of the things that comes out of that is to be able to pause and recognize the nudge from God. Gets our attention. We don't always know why or the truth, but sometimes he just wants us to stop and think, what are we thinking? Or what are we what did we just hear? And that's one of the best places to start is to just respond to his taps on the shoulder. Like no wait. When we start learning to respond quickly, our soul, that's an area of our soul that is being restored to our spirit. It's an inroad that he uses to draw us further, draw your soul further into your spirit. Maybe you're thinking something. Maybe you're you're, um, remembering something from your your youth, maybe a mistake you made or something that was done to you that you didn't have any control over, and it's affected your whole life, and you're, you're, you get angry or you get bitter, or you just wish it had something else had happened. And God may just tap you on the shoulder and say, no, wait a minute. That was my purpose for you. Don't blame others. Don't blame yourself. Don't blame your circumstances. Accept that everything that happened in your life was from my hand and that you had already agreed to it. Now, for some, that's a real hard thing because some really bad things happen to people. And Things happen in our youth or any time in our lives that does affect the rest of our life. So God right now nudges you, and he goes, well, what are, your expectant, what are your expectations for the rest of your life? What do you think the rest of your life would have been? I order your days. I order the path you're on from the rising of the sun to the setting of the moon, 24 hours a day are ordered by God for you. Not against you, not a test, but for you. But his ways are not our ways. And he taps us on the shoulder. He's gentle with us. He says, stop, what are you thinking? Stop, what are you feeling? Stop, what are you doing? What choice are you making? 
Why are you doing this? Why are you living your way, your life this way? Why are you angry? Why are you bitter? Why are you resentful? Why are you depressed? Why are you happy? Why are you content? And he starts drawing our attention to what he is doing between our soul and our spirit, that he is restoring our soul. He's restoring your mind, your will, your emotions to be the gift that he gave you, your soul restored to your spirit. Your body's going to follow along. It has, it has minimal influence on what your soul does. Not that it's zero, but it's minimal. And, and this is one of those things. He might be tapping your shoulder on why are you spending so much time on things that matter so little? Why are you taking such pride and glory in things that matter so little? Having a high status in church, being able, you know, having memorized the Bible or having a beautiful voice in the choir, whatever it is, whatever you think it's pleasing to God. Ask him. None of those things matter. We enjoy them and there's nothing intrinsically wrong with them. But if we, if they are keeping us from responding to God's tapping on our shoulder and saying, what's going on here? Because this is how our soul is trapped, our mind, will, and emotions. Trapped by lies, by believing lies, by embracing lies. The main one being how God thinks of us, what God thinks of us, that he's He's just waiting for us to fail. For so many, if you you know, if you stop and look at so many Christians, most people would not want to be that. So many of our leaders in ministry, we have no idea what they're like. And how do we know? If what they believe works, how do we know they're even following it in their own lives? Because they're separate from us. I was like that when Jesus was teaching his disciples, they were with each other 24-7. They saw him when he'd go behind the rock and relieve himself. They saw him when he, you know, burped after a meal, when he spilled something on, his, on himself when he tripped on that rock and almost fell, lost his balance. They saw him all the time. And they, you know, that they would ask him questions about who he was, what he was doing. Now, we've got in, in the scriptures that we do have, which the, the, the Bible itself says it's not complete. So we can kind of conclude that the 
illustrations that we have, like in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, a little bit of Acts, are just a portion. They certainly don't encompass the whole life of, of Christ, his whole life. We don't know on a day-to-day basis what he did, what he taught, who he talked to, how he talked to him, what jokes he told, what songs he sing, sang. We don't know any of that. We don't know if he had a, a nice voice, if he had a weird laugh. We don't know. But he was fully human. We do know that. But his soul and spirit were one. Just like us, his soul had strengths and weaknesses. But those strengths and weaknesses were one with his spirit. So they never interfered with spirit flowing through him. And he never believed lies. He was taught of his father. Now, he had to learn. But since his soul was one with his spirit, he simply learned it. He didn't have to overcome any misbeliefs, any stumbling blocks. And that's the process we're in is we're overcoming those stumbling blocks in our soul. Now, God himself is the only one he can restore our soul. But through that process, we learn. We learn who he is and who we are and how the different realms function, the world, the natural, the supernatural, and the spiritual. And not even saying that that's all that important. Because we don't know how long that's going to last. We don't know that when we die and leave this earth that we don't have a soul anymore. We're just spirit. We don't have a body anymore. We don't know. We don't know it could be a trillion years that we exist with a a soul and a body. And maybe it goes backwards. We just don't know. Because time was created. It's not eternal. It's not, God can do whatever he wants. He can stretch it. He can shorten it. He can do whatever he wants with time. What we want to always come back to is that whatever it is he does with time, it's for us. It's not against us. This is not a test. He's not waiting for you to fail or succeed. But Jesus was walking around with his disciples. And sometimes he'd be followed by great multitudes. And they saw him, how he behaved. Have you ever been to some place and, you know, it's a great speaker and, you know, a conference, and then you hear him out afterwards and they're, they're sharp with somebody? They're, you know, critical of a speaker that came behind them? Or... Something else, you find out that, that that there's something else there. Now, that's fine. Everybody's human. Everybody's normal. But we want to be able to, to see, okay, how does what they believe work? 
I, in my on my Eternal Life series, that's, that was the first book was Practical Christianity. Does what you believe work? Spend some time thinking about that. Make that your homework. Let God tap you on the shoulder and say, you know, you've been putting so much time and effort into trying to change this about yourself. And it's kept you from being able to enjoy all these other things I've already achieved in your, in your soul. The healing I've brought of your memories, the hope I've given you about your future, the options I've given you about your present. You've missed all that because you've been so consumed with something that happened in the past. that your soul won't let you get past because if your soul gives up control in that area, it gives up control in a big area over many things. And this is one of the things we find out is that so that we are especially under the control of our past because we can't change it. So it's a technique, a tactic that our soul uses to not change. And and we will continue a bad habit as long as it works. So God lets those habits fail. Now, in those areas, we still have our other enemies to contend with, the world system. There are times of, of tumult in our cities and towns and in the world. Sometimes those are natural disasters. Sometimes those are man-made disasters and, and chaos and all different wonderful things to deal with. Sometimes it's just in our own family or community or even within our own household. And that's fine. That has, that's part of our existence here. But that's part of the world system. world system consists of, of time, of things, you know, getting older. We are, we all, we are all counting one day to the next. We all have 24 hours to the day. And each one, each day is followed by another one, followed by another one, followed by another one. We're all equal in that, but that's part of this world system, that we are all aware of our own existence. We are all aware of our time. So there's a peer pressure or a time pressure there. There's a peer pressure. We compare ourselves to one another. So these are all enemies of our soul being reunited with our spirit. We feel the pressure of being a Christian, not making mistakes in front of other people, because then we will be criticized. We'll be a, a bad witness for Christ. It's like, no, go ahead and be an honest witness for Christ. You're in process. As long as you don't say, well, I'm holy, I'm done, I'm complete, uh, you know, put a stamp, you know, stamp on me, I'm done. No, we're all in process. We're all, we're all following our own path. But the very existence that God has placed us in, the circumstances, they are an enemy that we overcome. And it's not personal. We all have that enemy. And by enemy, it's simply... Resistance. 
Resistance makes us strong. You can't be an overcomer unless there's something to overcome. And why should we be overcomers? Because that's how we learn how to live and move and have our being as a Christian, as a spirit being. If, God, if we didn't need to go through this process, God would save us and then bonk us on the head and take us to be to whatever's next. Instead, we value day by day that 24 hours today, God's moving in my, in my soul. He's restoring my soul. He's, he's speaking truth, and that truth is driving out those lies. He's doing it. Whether you're aware of it or not, he's doing it. But he wants you to be aware of it. This is why he taps you on the shoulder. He says, now wait. What are you thinking there? Is that the truth? The truth is, I love you unconditionally. Are those words going through your head? Do those line up with unconditionally accepted, unconditionally valued? You don't have to do anything or achieve anything. You don't have to, you know, there are conventions in Christianity, marriage and, well, you know, um, being successful, you know, different levels of success and being involved in church and ministry and, and what it looks like to be a good Christian. How many of those are imposed by our soul and not by our spirit? And sometimes just just understanding, wait a minute, I don't, that's not from God, brings freedom. That brings freedom. Again, piece by piece, our soul is becoming free to be restored to our spirit. Now, freedom does not mean free to do what it wants, whatever it wants. That's where your soul is now. Your will does whatever it wants. Your emotions very often just does whatever it wants. You think whatever you want. You know, bring every thought into captivity. How hard is that? Pretty hard. Because your mind is used to doing what it wants. Now, as God restores your mind, it doesn't mean that your mind isn't going to think any, for instance, creative thoughts or any thoughts at all. No, it's going to think in conjunction with spirit. It's going to think thoughts that line up with spirit, that are original for you, that are creative. God is so creative. Beings have that same creativity and hopefulness, and zeal, and hope. We have that already in our spirit. And our soul will partake of it as our soul is restored. So the purpose of the healing and the restoration is not so that your soul kind of disappears. No, so that it receives all the eternal life. The kingdom of God is in your spirit right now. As your soul is restored, you start to experience eternal life, the kingdom of God. And it doesn't have to be in in the sweet by and by. 
but you also have quickly just uh, for balance you also have the uh, other supernatural beings are your enemies we don't know we have not had much experience and there it's mostly very filtered about what the devil is how he works what he does in the supernatural realm in the soulful realm or, or against the soulful realm your soul functions in the soulful realm which is a part of let's say it's a county of of the state of your of our supernatural realm so it's not all the supernatural realm but it's a part of it And this is why we are working with God to experience our soul, our soulical senses, our soul's past, present, and future, the healing, the process that our soul is going through. Because we don't want to be ignorant of our enemies. Because God doesn't want us to be ignorant of our enemies. Because he wants us to use this time that we're here on this earth for our good, for our benefit, and not leave anything on the table. Make the most of our time here. Not because if we don't, we'll be punished or we'll miss out on something, but because we have an opportunity. God is just just nothing but opportunity. Every day is opportunity. It's options. Because God loves you unconditionally. And you're free to make as many mistakes as you want. Pick it up here next week, the same time. Feel free to drop me a line at org as usual. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. <laughs>